Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burragoon campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. celebrate what Jesus has done for us. So wonderful to have you here. Why don't you take a seat and I'm just going to pray as we enter into a time of opening up the Bible and seeing what God has for us today. Amazing and mighty God, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. We know that there there is power in what you have done for us. We thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Holy Spirit, we invite you here today. We invite you to open our eyes to see what you need us to see and our ears to hear what you need us to hear today. Open our minds to who you are. Show us something new today. We pray in your mighty name. Amen. Well, it is wonderful to have had school holidays. It's been very busy for many people and kids, including teenagers or anybody who's young at heart, there are activity sheets here at the front. So come on down and grab them as I start off by telling you a story. So I had an unexpected situation a couple of weeks ago. It was Friday morning. It's actually my day off. I was still in my pyjamas and there was an unexpected knock at the door and um, I carefully went and opened the door, like, who could it be? And it was a young lady who I'd never met before. She said that she had been walking past my house. Now, my house is on a corner, so the front of the house is here, and she said she'd been walking past the backyard, and she could smell something. I was like, oh. I thought she was going to tell me off because my dog had been barking, trying to say hello to everybody walking past. But no, she said she could actually smell marijuana in my backyard. (laughs) That was unexpected. Kids, if you don't know what it is, it's an illegal drug. I do not have marijuana at my house. But this lady insisted. She's like, no, I could definitely smell it. And I was wondering if I could buy some. (laughs) Totally unexpected. I was so put off. I wasn't quite sure what to say. I thought, okay, I know the weeds in my garden are getting ridiculous. But but I wasn't expecting to to be in this position. And and I kind of just said, no, sorry, actually, then I said, definitely not. And I started to get a little bit judgmental, like, why why does she need it? But I didn't ask those questions out loud. I just said no, and kind of off she went, and that was the end of it. Until that night when I was reflecting on my day, and I thought, oh, I missed an opportunity. Perhaps I could have said something like, marijuana, I have none, but I have Jesus. And that leads us to the story that we're actually going to talk about today. From Acts chapter 3, we see Peter and John who were alive in the spirit and they took an opportunity that perhaps was unexpected and presented itself to them. So let's read from verse 1 in chapter 3. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth, so that's kids, somebody who has not been able to walk since they were born, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day 
to beg from those going to the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he, I wonder what he did. Kids, what do you think he would do? Somebody who's not been able to walk their whole life, what would he do? Sorry? Yell out. out. He could yell out. Help me. Have compassion on me. Be kind to me. Maybe give me some food. Well, he actually asked them for money as we read on. Verse 4 says, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said these words. Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And what happened? He walked. He did indeed. Instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with awe. What else? Fear, wonder, maybe a bit of confusion. What's going on here? What's happened? Well, Luke records that there was wonder and amazement at what had happened to him, this man who had been unable to walk. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and they actually came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. It is so great to have a detailed record of these events. You know, the writings found in the book of Acts demonstrate what the apostles or the disciples recorded what was happening after Jesus had went up to, went up to heaven and he'd given them the power of his spirit to teach his message and the good news to those in Jerusalem and beyond. Perhaps you have a written record. Perhaps you keep a prayer journal or a diary of the events that happen in your faith walk. Maybe the answers to prayer that you have seen. Well, let's unpack this biblical account of some unexpected events. It happens at the entrance of the temple, at the beautiful gate. It's interesting, the detail that Luke adds in. This beautiful gate was on the east wall, and it was generally the gate used by women and Gentiles. And later it mentions Solomon's colonnade, which is like a porch of a veranda. It had eight metre tall stone columns and a roof of cedar wood. These are real places and real events that happened. The man who had been unable to walk from birth had been carried presumably by family or friends with the expectation to receive kindness, perhaps money, perhaps food, but not expecting to be healed. Verse 3 tells us he was asking for money. Peter and John were going into the temple for a time of prayer in the afternoon. For devout Jews, there were three times of prayer, 9am, 3pm, and at sunset. They were perhaps not looking for somebody to help. Or maybe they were. 
You know, they had been transformed by their relationship with Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Perhaps they would say a prayer similar to the morning prayer that's in Lectio 365. If you listen to it on your app, you might be familiar with these words. At the end of each morning, this prayer is included. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and say. Maybe Peter and John were expecting to help someone. Maybe on my day off, I could have shown Jesus to the lady at my door. Maybe I missed that opportunity. I wonder what else stands out to you in this story. The power in which they were able to bring healing to this man was in the name of Jesus. And what's so incredible about this account of healing, that Jesus healed someone and Jesus wasn't physically there. We read on in verse 12 that the people were astonished at these events and they came running to Peter and he said to them, fellow Israelites, Why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate even though he had decided to let him go. You see, Peter points out from these verses that it is not the power of Peter and John by which this man was healed, but the very power of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And in verse 13, he says that this is the same Jesus that this same crowd had requested to be put to death. But Jesus is so powerful that death can't keep him down. Death didn't stop the work of Jesus to provide healing for this man. Jesus had come alive and although not physically present, continued to have power by the use of his name. Verse 14 says, You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are all witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is in Jesus' name that the, and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. It was no trick. The people knew the man. They, couldn't, they could clearly see the transformation that had taken place in his life. Unable to walk since birth, now jumping and leaping and praising God. Perhaps you've got the old song going in your head. I wonder if you can think of times in your faith experience when you have prayed for someone, for change in circumstances, perhaps for a change in employment, in health, in relationships. I love hearing about the answers to prayer. Not because I did something special to pray, but because God has moved in people's lives. It's not my power. It's not even my faith by which prayers are answered. It is the power of Jesus and faith in him. It is not the size or the strength of our faith that brings answers to prayer. It is the one in which we put our faith in. 
Let me say that again. It is not the size or the strength of our faith that brings the answers to prayer, but it is the one in which we put our faith in. Jesus. Jesus has authority and power. He demonstrates his authority in the physical realm. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that Christ upholds all things by the word of his power. And John chapter 1 talks about the word of God, which is Jesus speaking creation into being. Jesus calmed storms. He multiplied food to feed thousands. He healed the sick. He turned water into wine. Jesus has physical authority. He also has spiritual authority to forgive sins. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says that salvation comes in his name. And Romans 10:13 says everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. He has the power and authority to forgive sins and to cast out demons. He has spiritual authority. Jesus also has authority over finance, over relationships, over mental health. All authority, in fact, under heaven and earth is given to Jesus, as Matthew 28 says. He also goes on to say, to go and make disciples, baptising them and teaching them everything that I have taught you. What did Jesus teach? Well, he taught them how to cast out demons, how to heal the sick, and the power of who Jesus is. He actually shares his authority with the disciples. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2 says, When Jesus, called, when Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal those who were ill. He shares his authority with those who are his followers. Even us. John chapter 14, verse 12 to 13 says, Very truly I tell you, all who have faith in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. The purpose of Jesus' power is to bring glory to God. The New Testament Christians healed the sick, cast out demons, raised the dead, preached the gospel, and saw many converted to follow Jesus. And those things have continued throughout history. And they continue even now. And you might be thinking, oh, I don't know when the last time I saw somebody raised from the dead was. Well, I actually have something I want you to listen to. Before we listen... We're going to test out how this microphone works with a phone. But before we do that, let me share the beginning of the story. You see, about four years ago, a very good friend of mine called me one Thursday afternoon. She was pregnant and she had had the tragic news that there was no heartbeat. And the doctor said, can you come in tomorrow? We'll do a DNC. We'll take out the remains of this baby that's no longer alive. She rang me, we cried. In fact, on and off over the whole weekend, we cried. She said no to the doctors, I'll come in on Monday. And when she came in on Monday, 
They took another scan and there was a heartbeat. And last week, I got this voice message. Is it going to work? Okay. What Can do you want to say to Annie Min? I love you. What else? I love you, Bella. You love you, love you, Bella? And Auntie Mim. You love Auntie Mim. Do you have a question about that you want to ask Auntie Mim? No. I just rub her puppy in her. Okay. She just, he just loves me and my puppy. <laughs> it's such a joy to see this little boy running around to hear his voice. He is alive. There is not power in who is doing the praying or the receiving of prayer. The power is in Jesus, the one who we pray to. Earlier this year, Sharon, um, one of our church family members, was suffering from a debilitating hip pain, which made it almost impossible for her to stand, to bend over, or to walk more than a few steps. And if you know Sharon, you know that she loves to walk, in fact, long distances. Sharon sought medical help, and the first scan showed that it could either be a long-term or a shorter-term issue. But the pain was so so bad, this disability was overwhelming for her and it prevented Sharon from going to work. Sharon remembered some verses in James chapter 5 and took this advice from scripture, giving her enough confidence to contact the ministry leaders and ask us to pray. Several leaders were able to meet with her on a Sunday morning. They anointed her with oil and prayed for the powerful intervention of Jesus to heal Sharon. She felt a great sense of peace, but no immediate physical change. But then, over the next few days, there was significant change, and it continued to improve. And when Sharon went back to the doctors, they were able to see that this is just a short-term issue. The long-term issue has gone. She was able to return to work, and she knows that it was in response to Jesus healing her. She believes that God blessed her and honoured her obedience in seeking prayer. And remarkably, Sharon has just returned from a mission trip to Cambodia. So we praise God for his healing in her life. The words from James that encourage Sharon say, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. There is no special formula or magic method to prayer. But in James and Acts and other parts of the Bible, we can see that there are perhaps some acts of prayer that we might consider. And in fact, there are seven. So we'll quickly go through those. Firstly, to acknowledge the authority of Jesus. It is the power of his name that brings healing. And praying as Peter did, declaring healing in the name of Jesus. Secondly, adoration. To begin by praising God saying what you adore about him and even thanking God for the person that you're praying for. 
singing a song of praise and aligning your heart with the heart of God. The next is a big one. It is to ask, to admit that we need and depend on God. It is his power, not our own human strength, wisdom or understanding. We may have done all the research and gone to the doctors and using all resources available to help us to make decisions, to seek help. But ultimately, when we pray, we are saying to God, use whatever powers, whatever means to carry out your plans and purposes. I need you, God. I ask for your help. Now, often we are timid or afraid to ask for help in case it's not the will of God. It's not in his plan. And we don't want to get people's hopes up if it doesn't work out the way we want it. Sometimes, if we're honest, we're also not sure if God can heal or change our circumstances. But remember, the power of prayer is not based on us, on our faith. It is based on on Jesus, who we put our faith in. Another aspect of ask is to ask the elders in our church. We have ministry leaders, pastors who are actually more than happy to pray with people. We have others in our church who are part of a prayer team. We have connect groups, friends and family who you might want to pray more privately with. Sometimes we have opportunities for people to come to the front for prayer. You know, there are so many ways that we can ask others to pray for us. In fact, I recall a time when I was teaching pre-primary and I had a group of children around a table, we're doing a writing lesson, and I had one particular child who was not on task, like continually talking, falling off his chair, dropping his pencil, all of those things. And I had a splitting headache. And I was going around checking on everybody's work and every time I would get to him, he was off task again. And I I got to the point where I'm like, hey buddy, I've got a splitting headache and I wonder if you can help me. And before I got the words out to concentrate and do your work, his little hand was on my forehead, my forehead. And he prayed in the power of Jesus' name that Miss Hosking's headache would be gone. (laughs) Instantly, my headache was gone. You see, praying to Jesus and asking for his power to heal is not limited by age. There is no junior version of Jesus or a baby Holy Spirit. The same power is available for people of all ages to pray. Sometimes... We need to come with faith like a child. We can be hesitant to ask for prayer and healing. Sometimes we can actually be hesitant to offer to pray for somebody else. We might be stirred by a situation or we show sympathy to somebody and say, oh, I'll pray for you. And then we walk away, maybe to remember to pray. I wonder why we don't ask, can I pray for you now? Sometimes we do. Recently, I prayed for my niece who was about to travel overseas, but I forgot to ask, what can I pray for? I just jumped in with my own assumptions. It's good to ask for specifics. What would you like me to pray for? Can I pray for you now? As we pray for others, asking. The next aspect is to anoint with oil. Now, it actually takes a lot of humility to ask for help and to have oil put on you. 
It demonstrates your dependence on God for his healing and help. Anointing with oil is not like using a magic potion. It is symbolic of being set apart for the work of God, like the kings in the Old Testament. Sometimes we might reach out a hand towards someone or even um, place our hand on their shoulder or if we have their permission, the, the part of their body that is unwell or in pain. I once was praying for a little boy who had a grazed knee and he reached out and grabbed my wrist and put my hand, not just on his knee, but right on top of the graze. You know, it's focused attention. That's what the anointing with oil is about. Peter and John didn't anoint with oil, but they did pay attention. And they asked the man who had been unable to walk from birth to look them in the eyes. They were set apart and focused, praying with intention in the name of Jesus. The next, next aspect is to admit sin. There's a lot of A's, isn't there? In James chapter 3, we read on from verse 15. It also says, If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It is good to ask God for forgiveness at any time that you approach him, to have a clear line of communication where Satan hasn't got any secrets that he's holding over you with guilt and shame. Coming before God and acknowledging your need for his help includes admitting that we are spiritually broken people in need of restoration with God and with others. You see, unforgiveness is destructive and God's desire for us is to, is to have complete peace and restoration with him, with others, with ourselves and ultimately all of creation. Sometimes sin is part of the problem, but not always. In fact, Jesus prayed for healing for many people before they had their sins forgiven, demonstrating his unconditional love. After we have prayed, Wendy Yap taught me this, that it's really good to test or assess the effectiveness of our prayer. His ankles became strong. Then he stood. Then he walked. In fact, then he was jumping and leaping. All the people could see the evidence of Jesus answering this prayer. It can be really valuable to ask, what is the pain level? before you pray for somebody, and then again afterwards. Test the prayer. You're not testing God, but you're testing to see, have we seen a difference? One of my friends prayed for a man who had a frozen wrist. And after she prayed the first time, he was able to move his wrist up and down, but that was all. So she prayed again, and then he was able to move his wrist left to right. And then she prayed a third time, because he was unable to put weight on his wrist. But after the third time, he had complete movement and could bear weight on his wrist. Even Jesus prayed for the man who was blind in Mark 8 two times. Don't give up on praying for people. Have a prayer target and ask, has there been a change? Is there a difference? One young man in our church has had night terrors for a number of years, really bad dreams. And 
while they're not completely gone, he's able to praise God because there is an improvement and he knows that Jesus has heard his prayer and he can sleep more soundly more often. Which leads us to the next aspect, to declare the praise of God with awe and wonder at his power. He is amazing and awesome and we can wonder and marvel at how incredible it is when Jesus answers our prayers. Sometimes we wonder why he doesn't. Sometimes Jesus doesn't bring the healing that we were expecting or the change in the circumstances. We don't always understand. Now I have what I call a hippophile. Can anybody tell me about a hippopotamus? What do you know about a hippo? You guys are asleep, come on. What do you know about a hippo? Tell me. They're big and heavy. They're very round. They look quite friendly. Are they friendly? Bennett. They're very, very dangerous. They are indeed. Do you know that they sleep? Can you tell me something? Yeah, tell me something. They've got big, strong jaws. Yep, they really do. Big teeth, big, strong jaws. Do you know they actually sleep 18 hours a day? That's a lot of sleeping. They, they secrete their own pink sunscreen. And when they do a poo, they spin their tail so that the poo scatters everywhere like grass clippings. They are the most unusual and strange animals. I don't know why God created a hippopotamus. <laughs> they are weird. I don't understand. And when I have circumstances or my friends and family, people I know have situations that I don't understand why God is allowing that to happen. I don't understand why this person didn't have the healing that we were hoping for. I put that in the hippo file. And when I get to heaven, if those questions are still important, I'm gonna ask Jesus, <laughs> why? Some of us have a pretty big hippo file. We don't always understand. But be careful not to allow what we don't understand about God to undermine what we do understand. We know he is love, we know he is powerful and he is wise, and sometimes our perspective doesn't grasp the complexities of his love, power and wisdom all at the same time. For one of my dear friends, these words from Hebrews have brought her great comfort during her time of stress. I'm sorry, I don't have it on the screen, but let me read it for you. During the days of Jesus's life on earth, he offered up prayers and petition with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learnt obedience. Jesus submitted to God's authority. And we need to as well. We understand there is power in the name of Jesus, but God has the ultimate authority. And sometimes things don't happen the way we had hoped or planned. So I wonder, what is your expectation when it comes to prayer and healing? I began by sharing the story of my unexpected situation of an unexpected visitor with unexpected questions. But did I miss the opportunity to pray and share Jesus with someone in need? 
In fact, I actually saw her later on that day when I was taking Bella for a walk. And Bella jumped around so excited, wanted to say hello. And, and I simply apologised for my over-friendly dog and kept on walking. It wasn't until that night that I realised I'd missed an opportunity. And sometimes we do. We continue walking past. We think about other things. And I'm still learning to ask God what he wants me to see, to listen attentively for his spirit at work in me. My hope is that I will become more like Peter and John, who being alive in the spirit stopped to see, to look at the person in need and offer them Jesus. I wonder who we walk past or dismiss too quickly. People in need. When we don't listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit to pray for others. But I wonder who you will ask to pray with. I wonder if your prayers will be filled with praise and expectation. Let me pray. Jesus, we come to you. Some of us have broken hearts, broken circumstances, and we need your healing. Marriages that seem beyond repair, stress and anxiety over terrible situations, financial difficulties, physical pain, Jesus, we know that you have the power to heal. Help us to be brave, to ask somebody to pray with us. Perhaps the ministry leaders, perhaps a child. Jesus, help us to see those that need us to pray with them, to be their family, to come alongside them in their journey. Your name, Jesus, is above every name. You call us by name to come into a relationship with you. We need you. We need your rescue because our sin is heavy. Lord, as the chains break around us, the weight of your glory is incredible. We praise you and honour you and we need shelter from you. This next song we're going to sing includes the lines, I was an orphan, but you made me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Your love is the air that I am breathing. I have a future. My eyes are open. Jesus, open our eyes to see you. As we sing of the glorious day when our sins have been washed away, Lord, we know that you bring spiritual healing and you can bring healing in all other aspects of our life. We ask you to work in and through us, Jesus, for the glory of our Father in heaven. In your mighty name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. 
If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.